You are listening to Entirely the Right Sort of Podcast. If you're listening to this, please be warned that there is a little explicit language in this episode. And also, of course, spoilers for Patrick Rothfuss's The Kingkiller Chronicle, including The Name of the Wind and The Wise Man's Fear. So, you've been warned, and here we go. Welcome back. As the moon is pulled from Fae to the mortal, so too are you pulled back into the orbit of this podcast, which is entirely the right sort of podcast. My name is RJ, which stands for Raisin Juice or something. And today we are concluding our three-part Denna character profile with my good friend Dallas. So I'm going to just get right into it and talk about when Quoth and Denna first met. Speaking of, well, m- much of that last bit of the conversation kind of was around um, the conversation Quoth and Denna have when she plays him her song. But their first, there's first meetings in Roan's caravan when he plays whatever that guy's name is, loot, Jaws Jocelyn. loot. He's like, <laughs> he's like, hey man, can I tune up your loot? Can I play it? Um, and Denna like, Denna like cries because of how beautiful the song is. I think like he plays the music that's like in his secret heart, you know. And I think it just makes <laughs> her weep. So we don't. I don't think we first see her with with um a lute or a lyre or anything um or a harp because as we mentioned in the seven things last episode from what we know uh denna plays both the harp and the lyre but i wanted to ask the question of like we hear a little bit about knacks and the fact that like maybe having a knack for something is more than just like being lucky like so i want to know if she has like some sort of magical ability for music just because like sir savian is supposed to be a pretty complicated song and she says she just heard it twice and then remembered the whole thing so yeah do you think she has like a special power not a power but like what do you think i got so excited when that was one of the questions that you wrote on the original document and yes like it wasn't something that had ever occurred to me but absolutely she has a knack for music what else could it be like, unlike Quoth, who we know has had extensive training and he was raised in a culture of the arts, Denna describes herself as a novice with, like, a decent voice. She's obviously, like, plays modest when it suits her, or actually is modest, but um, I think that's, yeah, that's such a cool idea, and it, I really like that theory, and I think there's a good chance that it's canon. And also, just okay, I need to look at the lyrics to everything. And she just, like, memorizes songs on the fly. Yeah. Well, and um, she knows um, she knows plays as well. Right. That's a good point. So that, like, brings the question of, does she actually come from nobility somehow? Like, how mm. was she educated? Like, maybe she was also a trooper, for all we know. I... I, is it like more woke? Like, because then that, that brings up the question of like male versus female privilege. Like, 
both being a trooper is like bad because he's classless but to be a woman who is a trooper that's like the lowest of lows right i guess so that's a good that's a good point because i mean there are i feel like there are troopers and then there are the adimaru because to quote like adimaru are the best musicians and like the best at everything but i think there are just like normal troopers so i don't know if all troopers are like kind of considered low class or if it's just the rue like, but I think it's a, it's a good question if Denna was a trooper because I think either that or her, like if she had, was in an educated past, um, that would definitely make, I mean, it would make sense then that she knows all this music and she knows all of these plays and that, but like, there's got to be something going on with how quickly she picks stuff up. Mm-hmm. Def- oh, on the same note, or not really the same note of her having a knack, but I just wanted to say about her song, just like, shout out to my girl Denna for finishing her song, even though her Hell boy yeah. toy shadow over it, like, she just yeah. persevered, and I, I mean, she cool. finished it, and people sing it. Mm-hmm. Isn't and it, it went called, down. is it the song of Seven Sorrows? Or the song Half Sung? Is that what it ends up being known as? Something like I'm that. Not- I don't remember, but I thought that was a cool moment in the frame story, though, when Coach is like, yes, by the way, the Song of Seven Sorrows was written by Denna, and I was the first person to hear it. Yeah. But was he? Maybe her patron had heard some first. Anyway, whatever. She might have. We can, he can take that. I'll give him that bone. The just the idea of like where Dunna is from is I feel like a big question. I mean, I yes. think from just from the sheer fact that like she doesn't have an accent, um, I think we can kind of like narrow it down that she's either from the Commonwealth or from a tour. But I mean, I think she could definitely be from nobility. Um and like I think Deox says she doesn't have a family, but I don't know if that means like her whole family died and that's why she's on her own or she ran away um, and like just doesn't want to come back or doesn't think she can come back because that would, I mean, that would seem to make sense based on the chapter horses when she's like talking to this girl about how hard it would be for her to go back and how looking at that girl was like looking into a mirror. So, yeah, I go back and forth on thinking like Dana's whole family is dead, just like folks, and thinking like maybe she ran away because someone in her household was abusive. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's definitely possible, or and maybe she's just always had the the itch in her in her foot to like leave and go be independent. But she also identifies as a city girl, so it's not yeah, like she was oh, like true. living on a farm and wanted to like go to the big city. Like thoroughly no. modern Millie or something. <laughs> no, that's very true. That's a good point. And that, like, unless she and her family, like, mostly stayed in the city, like, the fact that she's a city girl almost cancels out the idea that she was a trooper. Right? It's true, actually. And also that she was nobility. Well, I mean, she could still be nobility living in a city. I think she could be. Um, that, that would be interesting if she was from nobility and... Th- her and Quoth's relationship, like, mirrors Arladen and, uh, crap. 
Lorian? Yes. So if oh. she's just like a pretty brunette, no, noble woman who runs away with a silver-tongued trooper. And huh. obviously, Dunna didn't leave her family for both because she had already left at that point. Mm-hmm. But I like that thought. Um, she's definitely, yeah, she's definitely wandering. I think like, um, I think to find kind of to find herself, but also like if her story mirrors Quoth in certain ways, as, as we kind of already laid out earlier, um, I mean, maybe her whole family was killed and she's trying to figure out what happened, like, just like he is. Yeah, and, that's one of my favorite headcanons. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that you maybe put something in our notes for the show, but what if, like, the, like, it was opposite of quote, like, the Amir killed her family? Yes, that's one of my favorite theories because that would yeah. make, that would put her and him on opposite ends of this would-be battle and that would be mm-hmm. indeed a tragedy and that sets up the possibility of betrayal and because the Amir were not good people. Like, they just straight up weren't. They, they were not of the Lathani. They did terrible things. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they were of the Lathani. I don't know. The Lathani is complicated. Yes, but- it is. I s- mm, that's delicious. It's a delicious thought. Which one? The fact that oh, the that, Amir yeah, killed her well, family. The, the Amir killed her family, or something like that. Like that's that is w- that would really make them mirrors of each other. That really that's would. Really I- cool. Yeah, we just we purposely don't know much about her, though, or unpurposely. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I think that there is the possibility, as some would say, that she's actually the moon. Yeah. I, I think mean, we can't there. not talk about that. No, we can't. We got to talk about Dena being the moon. I don't think she is, but she could be, I guess. that It goes well with my theory that she's using a glamour, using the illustrations yeah. as a glamour. Yeah, and I guess that would make sense with her not really, like, her always giving a different name that doesn't seem to be her name. Right. Because if she is the moon, you know, she made the mistake once of giving someone her true name. And then, you know, he, like, ripped her from the sky and started a whole war and shit. Like, very shades of, like, Hades and Persephone. Like, don't eat this. You just okay, blew my mind. That makes so much sense. Well, okay, and I'm I just and Diane is also like a moon goddess, right? Uh huh. In, in Roman mythology, yeah. Yep. There's that. There is that. Um, I I don't know. I um. And then there's the fact that she asks him to steal her all the time, like yep. on several occasions. Yeah. He, and he kind of punks out every time, which Quoth is not really a punk, but in this situation he is, I think. I, um, well, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Like, that is a very, that is a very moon reference kind of thing. And then, I mean, what Florian says about the moon, that the moon is a trap, um, 
a traveler, a, not a wanderer. Yeah, a traveler, not a wanderer. Um, what I think is, I think is right. Yes, because because wandering implies that you choose it and like you're doing it at your leisure. And I think Dioc says, Dioc calls her one of the two, but it, that seems to fit Dana. That she is, yes, she is moving around but that there's some other force outside of her own free will that's making her move and like that she has to leave quick and quiet in the night. And I, I also know that in the frame narrative, people have pointed out that there's no mention of the moon. Like the moon is absent in the frame. And I'm not sure if, if like the moon is literally gone from the world, like something has like happened or if it's because and this is like, I don't know why I remember this, but I think in Quote's first admissions interview, he's asked what the synodic period of the moon is. And he says 72 days, which is a, that is a, like, what is that? Almost. It's like two and a half months. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Like it's two and a half times the period of our, of our moon. Right. So I think it's possible that like there's no moon in the frame story just because it's it's not time for the moon to be out. But like if the moon got stolen, like not stolen again, but, you know, pushed all the way back into Faye or something like, whew. And I'm not saying that Denna is the moon, but like if Denna dies or disappears and there's no moon in the frame, like that's definitely another connection. I think I think Denna is more likely a symbolic representation of the wind than the moon. Um, oh, because that's true too. And the wind's just, name is always changing as well. Yeah. It just does change. It naturally changes. Yeah. And just the fact that Quoth is, is chasing it and just can't ever catch it and doesn't like takes a while to fully understand it. It's like those seed pods. And then mm. right when he's like about to give up and it's like, in his mouth and he's choking on it. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> remember that Elodin scene? <laughs> That's a great scene. Yeah. I love me some Elodin scenes. He's great. So yeah, uh, she does. I feel like she is a symbolic representation of both for sure. And I, I mean, obviously the, the lack of mention in the moon is intentional. There's no way that's a coincidence in the frame mm-hmm. story, like 0% chance of that. So it either, the synodic period, it could be that the synodic period and he's just using that as, he's like, knows that we're all going to read into that and then he's going to, like, it's going to be a thing. Or it's just like, yeah, like, I think it's, I think it's possible that Denna is gone somehow at this point in Cope's life. And, yeah. And then obviously Cope, or Quoth and Jax have a lot in common, like, Jax's obsession and coveting of the moon like relates to Quoth's obsession and coveting of Denna and stealing the moon has catastrophic event effects mm-hmm. so presumably when Quoth finally tries to steal Denna I think there might be likewise effects like I don't know Quoth is like a little bit less one-dimensional than Jax but right. again, the Jax thing is a story that's been passed down so obviously it's been watered down I'm sure yeah I I feel like when Quoth hears the Jax story is when Quoth is becoming less like Jax almost because Jax is so, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the word, but he's so 
is mononiacal a word? Like you're just looking at one thing? Like oh, you, like you, you've got blinders vision. on? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like tunnel vision. Yeah. Like he has tunnel vision for the moon. He can't. Like once he sees it, he can't do do anything else but go after her. And I think like Quoth is always kind of like act first, think later and and is not really necessarily a planner. I feel like until well, and I, I think the best repre- representation of that is how much he fails in Aloden's classes until um, that time in the woods when he tells the story of the boy with the screw in his belly. And Martin's like, why would you tell someone that story? And Quote is like, well, you know, sometimes it's the questions we can't answer that tell us the most about ourselves. So I think... Um, and I just like kind of noticed this, but I think around the time Quoth hears the story of Jackson the Moon is as he's becoming maybe a little less like Jax. Like he's able to kind of be a little bit more patient and see things for the way they are. But with Denna, I mean, he, he, you know, all logic's kind of out the window with that one. That's so true. Well, I think also we kind of touched on this earlier, but the fact that Denner resin is called Denner resin, like it sounds so much like Denna. And yeah, there's Quoth zero percent chance like, that's a coincidence. <laughs> Quoth is like intoxicated by her and like almost addicted, but like kind of. Yeah, he, I mean, obviously he's, a, he gets a lot done and he, he has a wide array of interests. And so she, he's not like, what was the word again? He's not like hyper fixated. He's not like only fixated on her, but I would right. say that his fixation on her pervades everything else that he does. So. I think so too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's going to be part of their I wonder if she has like this hyper fixation on him too it feels like she kind of does and so they both just can't see each other for who they are they just have these ideas of who they are and what they want them to be for each other yeah it's at some point I mean both of them need to worry about you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs here like need to worry about their food their shelter water like you know how they're going to make it to the next day but once the real world is kind of taken care of i think they're always looking for each other Hmm. i think okay one thing that bugs me about the books but then you kind of had a good explanation for it is when when Quoth is telling a story about how he joins rowan's caravan and there's the girl and then they have their romantic night nights together like looking at the moon and at the gray stones and then when when they part he says i knew the truth i would never see her again and it's like is that just what young foe thought at the time being pessimistic about the chances of ever seeing her again or is this a hint he said it was like maybe a hint from quote that she became a new person and i think that's really interesting because obviously book coat knows he's going to see her again so why would he say that Right. Like, did something happen to Denna while they were apart? Um, did something terrible happen in Annalyn that hardened her heart, or was her, like, or does she just change each time, like based just like the wind? Like you catch her and then 
when you catch her again, she's a different person. I don't know. It's, what do you think? It, it, it reads just like a teenager, like on first reread, like, oh my God, like I've seen the first hot girl like ever in my life, except for the dancer who was in my troupe. Um, but that does seem, I don't know. I don't know. We're like pretty deep into teen quoth or 12 year old quoth. No, he's 15 at the time when he meets Senna. We're like pretty deep into his psyche. So it could be him speaking, but I don't know. Like he, the way he talks about her when he sees her again at the Aeolian is like that she's changed. And I think that you said like, yeah, it could be that, you know, she's got her hair curled and she's put on some makeup. Of course she looks different, but it's possible that she's changing names with personalities and she says something. Um, yeah. Well, he's good says, quotes in here. Yeah. He says to her, I remember your name, Denna. Why did you take a new one? Or was Denna just the name that you were wearing on the road to Annalyn? Denna, she said softly, I'd almost forgotten her. She was a silly girl. She was like a flower unfolding. I stopped being Denna a long time ago. It seems. So, like, it seems that it's, it's like a personality change. And certainly if she's on the run or if she's trying to prevent people from getting too close to her, like, I understand why she gives a different name all the time. And she or says... Maybe she, like this, she was a silly girl. Like, maybe she really fell in love with him, too. And, like, she just had fantasies of him coming with her. And then, so, like, that's why she was a silly girl, because obviously those fantasies didn't come to be, and, like, she stopped being that romantic a long time ago, and now she's, like, on a mission. I don't know, actually. Yeah. Well, she does ask him to go to Annalyn with her, doesn't she? Multiple times, and then, like, when they're, like, saying goodbye to each other, it's, like, she's, I feel like, and then she finally just walks away and doesn't look back, but um, I feel like she... I feel like she was just as traumatized of having to part with him that day. And, okay, we need to talk about the fact that he doesn't tell her he remembers her until later. When, I, don't, I don't even know what changed his mind, like what made him think it was okay to tell her that. Because at first he was like, she, she breaks that ice, doesn't she, from what I remember? I think so, and I don't think, um, and I think they, they talk about this on Tales from the Waystone, but I don't think he tells her his name. Yeah, how do you not tell her his name? Like, how does that go down? Because I don't think she introduces herself to him. I think he just is like, and then there was Denna. So he must have heard her, like, introducing herself to Rowan and um, Rowan's wife. But I don't think... um, yeah, it just, uh, she, her name is introduced with, that left the other passenger, Denna. We didn't speak until the first day's ride was nearly done. And then, I don't think they ever tell each other their names. So she but doesn't know his name the whole time? I guess I not. I like she has to, but I don't know. Well, they do introduce them each other. Like, they introduce, oh my god. Um, cause she's like, I need your name. And, and he tells her and then she tells him her name is Diane. 
And that's when she's with Savoy, right? Savoy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Savoy. Are those like memes that Savoy is on a farm playing with dogs? Or is that like actually where? Anyway. I think Pat said something like that. Like Savoy. Savoy is like a simple boy who like went back to the farm. Because he was memeing. He like absolutely disappeared from the narrative. Yep. Savoy, one of the only Modegans we know. That's true. Isn't uh, wait, isn't Fella Modegan? Fella is, and there might be like one or two others. But that's really about it. Fella's too um, perfect. Anyway. What <laughs> Fella is Fella's wonderful. Uh, I do want to point out that she Dennis says also to Quoth, from you I like Denna best. So it's it's almost like like she's changing her name and I think she says this when Quoth is like, You're going by Diane now and Denna says something like, For now and for him, but from you I like Denna best. It, I wonder if it's because of the way her personality or her idea of herself changes with the name she gives herself and she likes when he calls her Denna and she remembers like how she was in the caravan and how she was like the first time they met like so in a way it's like when she's with him she's always like that kind of younger version of herself like traveling you know like lighthearted romantic yeah like a little little lighthearted and like romantic and and messy grades and just simple life like being okay with bread on the side of the road and not eating yeah sorry to cut you off no it's okay yeah um because you had mentioned in our document that like maybe something happened when she was an analyn like that that she had changed like so maybe maybe something did happen to her and when she was denna like that was before you know everything just went to more it's shit that, that line yeah that line where she says i stopped being her a long time ago and it's like it hasn't been that long so but if, if bad things have happened then that can make it feel like and like an eternity you know so well, and Kvoth, yeah Kvoth says she's changed a lot so i don't know if like she went into fae or something like maybe i think that's possible because she does look older and again it could be the clothes and also Quoth looks older than he actually is like when he's 17 he gets away with telling elks at all that he's 20 <laughs> right um and he well and and on the subject of this he he asks a load in and like what he would what he would say of a girl who keeps changing her name and the loden is horrified at first until he realizes that like it's not her true deep name it's just her calling name and Aloden says it could indicate she doesn't know who she is or that she does know and doesn't like it it could indicate restlessness and dissatisfaction it could mean that her nature is changeable and she shifts her name to fit or it could mean she changes her name with the hope it might help her be a different person. I, well, I mean, all of those could be true. All of them. I feel like all of them might be true at some level. Like, I think she probably does enjoy the idea of, like, taking on new personas. 
And then I feel like obviously she has some self esteem issues. Like she's always saying that she's too, she's not good and quote, she doesn't deserve quote. Um, and she, she has an abusive patron. So people with high self esteem don't generally find themselves in that situation, you know? Yo, I wonder what her patron calls her. Hmm. You know, like what's her name to her patron? That's a good question. Are we ever going to know Dennis' real name? Ooh, I feel like we're not. Ooh, ooh, that's a good question. I'm so glad I thought about it. I don't know if we're ever going to learn her real name. Also, it's weird to me that, like, all of these names start with D. Like, Diane, Dinah, Diane, Dinale, and then you get Alora in the middle. Like, what's yeah. going on there? Like, she was Is just that, like, like, I'll try a different... A different letter. Try a different one on for size, Yeah. I want Dallas to be one of her fake names, but it's probably not oh, going to happen. Maybe it will be. I'm like high-key mad that my name isn't in a Song of Ice and Fire name either. Solis is probably the closest, like Solis Baratheon. And like I feel like Delise or Dallas would make a really good Game of Thrones or George R. R. Martin character. But anyway, it would be, I digress. That would be beautiful, especially the way you spell it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, man... Dana. Yeah. Fuck, any ideas what her patron calls her? I feel like it's something creepy, probably. Just like I just feel like he has like a really creepy BDSM like daddy fetish thing toward her. Mm. I don't I mean I feel like I don't think they actually like have sex, but like I feel like he's just really creepy. I think so cool. too. Well, I feel like Cinder is probably asexual because he's a Chandrian, but you know. If it's another Cinder. amazing question. Do the Chandrian fuck? Do they? Yeah, I need to know these things. Like, huh. For real chill and dark of eyes. So, like, Cinder's, like, making it cold while he's having sex with someone. Like, it's freezing. Putting the fire out. Like, ice play. <laughs> oh, my God. Ice play. Blue flame play. Huh. I'm going to tweet Pat pretty soon and be like, go to the Chandrian fuck. Are they human? <laughs> but, like, the Fae clearly boink, because Florian does. She is, like, the, yeah, the goddess of boinking. Oh, and Bast, too. Oh, my God. Don't get that started on Bast. Fathering, about. fathering X thousand children in Noir. Man, I'm just, I'm just learning a lot and wondering a lot on this podcast. So, Denna uses different names for herself. The way Quoth talks about her, and, and they do talk about this um, on the Waystone podcast, Tales from the Waystone, which is excellent. You should check it out. Um, he talks about Denna like she's an object often mm -hmm. and compares her to animals or compares her to <laughs> like forces of nature, you know? And that is just like kind of squicky to me. Like, I don't love that. I know he's a teenager, but like, it, I feel like unless Rothfuss is like coming from incel days, right? When like he was mad, like none of the girls would want to fuck him. And I'm terribly sorry, Patrick Rothfuss to, to, to do you this way. But like he gets why? so mad when people say stuff like that. I think 
I know he does. But like, why make, and, and again, this could be because we've had so long to think about it, but like, why make your main character talk about a girl like this? Unless like, Quoth's objectification of Denna is going to be the tragic flaw. But I don't know if it is. Like, I think that like, Rothfuss and Quoth think this kind of language is romantic. Like comparing her to a deer, like you can't get close to a female deer, it's going to run away. Or comparing her to a summer storm. Like I, at I first, think, yeah. I want to think that what you're saying, I, I want to think that he's doing it intentionally and that there's going to be like a shift in Quoth's mentality when he realizes how many mistakes he made with Denna. But I also think it's entirely possible that you're right and he just thinks this type of language is romantic. And well, because Quoth himself also compares each woman to a lute, right? Like you've got to like tune them right so you can make your music on them. Yeah, and he's like, if you think that's misogynistic, then you don't understand love or me or music. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that might be Rothfuss being like, and if you think this is weird and creepy, then you don't understand blah 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 Then you don't understand all the literature I have on Blogspot. <laughs> I don't know. I think there are better, there are better ways. And I, I guess that like when you, I don't know. I, like, don't want to apologize for it. I want to try to understand it, but I also don't want to, like, make it, you know, make it seem like the right thing to do. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, a, it's like, I feel like these, you know, like, readers and writers nowadays are a lot more conscious about, you know, social constructs and sexuality and deviance from the quote-unquote norm so uh, yeah I don't know it's a tough question and yeah they like the never seen anything so beautiful it's like she's a person yeah so, but yeah it's just like such possessive language that like you know save it for like a sappy country song or whatever not to disparage the genre of country, which I really honestly do love. I know that that makes me trash in many people's opinion, but... I like all music. There are some, there are some country tunes that I like. Country, country hits sometimes. Just, just really hits. Yeah. Um, yeah, he doesn't seem remorseful, but he doesn't know much about Denna. Like he's, he never thinks like, oh, if I had just asked her about herself, maybe things would have gone differently. Or if I would have seen... But I guess that would be, like, a little bit on the nose for Coat to just say something like that, if that is what Rothfuss is trying to do. Yeah, I think he assumes that there was, like, bad stuff in Dennis past, which I think could be true. He just, like, assumes that she doesn't want to talk about it, like, the same way he doesn't want to talk about his shit. But, you know, he could at least try. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, like, I just... I'm, like, someone who needs to talk about my experiences, so I don't really understand both, like, not telling anybody ever anything about his past. Right. Like, even if you don't want people to know it was the Chandrian, like, well, I guess that people would start asking too many questions, I mean, that's right? a big if one, he was yeah. like, my whole family was killed. Um, like, by who? 
But I don't even think his friends know that he, like, lived on the streets for three years. Mm-mm. Um, about... I'm, like, eating a bagel. Not very professional, but... All good. So, it's blueberry. But, so, mm. both, like, he has this, like, sense of emotional entitlement. Like, all these guys are on Dennis' yeah. arm, but I'm the one who really understands her, and I'm the one she really wants to be with. And when they're gone, I'm still going to be here. So, that's, like, entitlement. That's literally, like, the nice guy complex where they're, like, I'm nice to you, and I care about you, so you should want to be with me. But then, like, when he gets money then he's, he's going to have both. Like, he's going to feel emotionally entitled to her attention, and he's going to be, like, he already says, oh, now I can offer her a way out of her lifestyle. But, like, and by doing that, he would be doing exactly what all these other guys are doing, mm-hmm. except he would have this, like, really even more intense sense of entitlement because the other guys don't, like, claim to know or understand her. They're just like, oh, this hot girl wants to date me. Yeah, I'll buy her things, you know? Yeah, and that that brings up the point um, of Denna not wanting to be beholden to anyone and not wanting to owe anyone anything, which I've wondered, like, about the Luke case. Um, and I don't know why, like, what she is technically paying him back for, but I wonder if the Luke case is, like, her somehow trying to get out of his debt. Like, maybe for some reason she feels like she's indebted to him. And the loot case is, like, a way for her to make sure. Like, she's contributing something to his life besides. Yeah. Wow, I never even thought of that. So, like, it's, like, obviously it comes from a place of, like, genuine love. But that's a good point. So, like, if if she ever feels obligated to him, she can be, like, no, we're even because. Right. Well, but she also, like, sang for him and, like, basically kind of helped win him his pipes. So she's, like. And I don't, like, what has he really done for her up to that point? I mean, tells her to spit the ophalum out, but I don't think she remembers that. No. Like, I don't really think he does anything for her because he doesn't give her the ring back until the end of the second book. Oh, my God. And that whole scene is so awful. Like, that could have been such a romantic moment. And instead, it just comes off like, oh, you don't want to bang? Here's your ring. Do you want to bang now? Like, Yeah. He doesn't even tell her what he went through to get the ring back. Like, come on. No, he doesn't. She was like, I hope it wasn't too much trouble. And he's like, eh, nah. When it, like, was a lot of trouble. Do you think she would have been upset to hear everything that he went through to do it, though? I don't know. I think the only reason she'd be upset is because, like, she feel like she might owe him. Right. Like, I think that's probably what it is. She might. I'm not sure. That's a good question. I mean, what did they actually do? Like, he had two sympathists light fire to Ambrose's room so he could go in and get it. Yeah, well, first he tried to break in himself and look for it, and that's when he fell off the roof. And then they... um, he created that whole plan with Will, Sim, Fella, and Mola, and then Davey came. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, that was a fairly big heist. Operation. Like, a fairly yeah. big operation. He made a... Okay, the page of the Wind people made a really good point about how both should have warned Dana about Ambrose. Like, this is what I'd find hard to believe. Like, out of all the conversations they've had, he never, like, said, yeah, there's this 
douche at school that I hate and like we're like arch nemeses. Like, I don't know. But well, he, yeah. he should have he should have warned Denna about Ambrose and um I feel like she would especially after like he realizes the ring is gone, I feel like just like opening up to her about that and be like, Yeah, I know that guy, he's a total tool would have been like another way for them to get close over having bad experiences with the same rich sot or whatever. Right. Cause she does bring Ambrose up to him. Like, it's not just like he does like see her in the street with him, but then she mentions Ambrose to Quoth. So he had, right. He had that opportunity right there to be like, this dude's bad news. Like I've heard a lot of bad shit about this guy. And I had to be whipped because of him. Like, mm-hmm. there's that, too. Yeah. Wait, the first, the first whipping was because of Master Hem. The second yes. whipping was because of Ambrose, right? Yeah, because yeah. he called the wind. Right. There's just so many missed opportunities for both and to be vulnerable to Denna and for her to... And, and obviously, she can make a move, too, but I just... I don't know. There really are. I would love to see, I would love to know what she gets up to and like love to know what she thinks of him. Like, I really do think that what she says to him when she's drugged on a phallum is true. Like, that she thinks he is good looking and that she really likes him and she wishes he could push more. I mean, they like, they like spoon on the rock and like, she's the one who's pushing all of that. Like, I think the O'Fallon is just her letting down all her inhibitions. And yeah. she, tells, uh, she tells him so much. She tells him about, like, when she died as a baby. Like, this is the kind... And he just kind of, like, doesn't say anything. Oh, my God. Speaking of those scenes, can I bring something up that I kind of don't want to think about? Mm-hmm. So, so in these... In that scene, like, right after she takes she like chews the dinner resin he he like tells her three times to eat it and then he's he says something like i'll like force it down your throat or something like that or like i'll like smack it out of your mouth he says something which makes her ask the question or makes her say like i know you won't hit me right and he doesn't respond to that I never picked up on that. Also, when she's, like, bathing in the river and she's, like, implying that he should join her and he's, like, there's a word for what. And I think it's noble and, like, good that he didn't. Like, their first time, if it ever happens, should definitely be when they're both sober and, like, in their right minds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, and there's also during that point, she points out that his eyes change in color, which not everyone notices. Right. And when his eyes change color, he's, like, about to lose his temper, right? Or something? I think that's when he's afraid that, like, she got hurt from the O'Fallon. But she also notices that his eyes flash when um, the the swine herd, Shim, when the swine herd, Shim, Pegs, says something about... (laughs) um, the rue like Foth's eyes flash and page of the wind pointed that out too that like Foth doesn't say his eyes flash he doesn't even mention that he got angry 
when when Shim says, I'm not some lion Rue, like trying to spin a story for you. Um, I think that's fascinating. I have I'm gonna I'm gonna read something from the book, okay? Okay. Um, this is from chapter 78 79 sweet talk which is i think a cute chapter so dennis stirred in her sleep i know you didn't mean it she said clearly mean what i asked softly her voice was different no longer dreamy and tired i wonder if she was talking in her sleep before you said you'd knock me down and make me eat coals you'd never hit me she turned her head a little you wouldn't would you not even if it was for my own good I felt a chill go through me. What do you mean? There was a long pause and I was beginning to think she'd fallen asleep when she spoke up again. I didn't tell you everything. I knew Ash didn't die at the farm. When I was heading toward the fire, he found me. He came back and said that everyone was dead. He said the people would be suspicious if I was the only one who survived. And then there's, well, and then they just talk about Ash, but like, it's just that small, like, he has an opportunity to say that, like, he wouldn't hit her, not even if it was for her own good. And he doesn't say that. So, like, I hate to even ask this question, but, like, what if he fucking smacks her? You know? Like, I, I like, I hate to even think that he would do that to her. And maybe it's just, like, me overthinking the story. But... I don't know. Like, maybe that's what breaks their relationship. Like, maybe he hurts her. I really hope not. I, I hope I mean, not, too. Honestly, I, I tend to think that that would never happen. But, like, when you think about Quoth's jealousy issues and how he feels about how Denna's job, like, how he, he, like, he thinks she's a whore on some level. Like, he's embarrassed that yeah. he's in love with someone who gets money and goods by dating dudes. And, like finding like that combined with like knowing that ash hits her i feel like he might just lose it and like i feel like it's possible that he would just lose it and like get violent with her in a in a fight but i also really hope not and like i think there's a lot more evidence that quote as flawed as he is does have some weird like does want to protect women and like the way he treats Kryn and ellie and like mm -hmm. Well, and what he says when he's on the plum bob about Fella, like, he knows he, he can't. He just, like, morally can't in his soul, like, knock Fella down and ravage her. Because he just, like, knows he can't. Right, even though a, a plum bob would presumably, like, normally just squash that inhibition, right? Yeah. So Doesn't Sim say something like, I wonder what that says about you? Like, Sim is like... He's like, damn, so you know that you can't do that even though you, like, want to. And he was like, that's interesting. Um, here's a question. If it came down to saving Denna or killing Cinder, what do you think he'd choose? Oh, wow. Like, is his, is his revenge mission for the Chandrian stronger than his love for Denna? I Honestly, like I could ask this. Uh, really? Yeah, I do. I feel I mean, like we could ask that same question about Ari as well. I feel like he would save Ari over killing Cinder. I hope he would. Or maybe he wouldn't, though, and that's, like, part of the tragedy is that he's supposed to 
choose love and instead he chooses revenge yeah Mm -hmm. i like this can this book just come out pat please no it's not it's never coming out it's coming out tomorrow and it's coming out never both are true I think we're lucky if we get it in the next three years. Uh, we're recording this on July 19th, 2020. We're living in a pandemic right now. I don't know. Yeah. He's got time to write. What else is he doing? He is streaming for charity. Okay, Pat. Thank I you, Pat. Do you watch his streams? I really don't. I should. I, I don't because, like, I don't know what games he plays. And also, honestly, like, Speaking for the fandom, he's rude. He's he's rude to us. Like, I know people ask him about the third book all the time. But, like, he can be real rude. And, like, that just kind of turns me off a bit. Yeah, his his people skills. But clearly he never intended to, like, be famous. Mm-hmm. Like, George R. R. Martin, I feel like, is a lot more professional when it comes to dealing with but George R. R. Martin was like a slow rise to like the figure that he is now. Like obviously, like he's like he started off, and then I feel like Rothfuss just kind of came out of nowhere. Maybe I'm wrong, but well, I think that's true. I think part of, and I think Martin like jokes about it too. I think like the fact that it's taken him so long to finish. What is it? Winds of Winter. But, yeah, the winds of winter. And but Rothfuss has also come out recently as having a lot of mental illness. Like I think he said he has ADHD and rejection, dysphoria. I forget mm-hmm. what I'm probably saying it wrong, but and depression both has too. It too. Yeah. And I understand that and I try to be and I think his dad died recently. I try to be as I like I'm not one of those people like asking him when the third book's coming out, but sometimes I just really want it. And sometimes I wish he wasn't rude to people on his streams. Like, no matter, like, you you can't control people's reactions to you, but you can control your reactions to them. That's you know? true. Like, I, he can control how he reacts to people. That's true. Um, so, all that to say, I just kind of want these questions answered, but I don't know if we're going to get it before... what 2023 2030 i think well and you can speak to this as a game of thrones fan but i think martin fans might have it quote unquote a little easier because there's there's more there like you have what seven books already and you have the series like there's there's stuff for you to read and stuff for you to talk about like for us it's just like these two books and a couple short other books we have no TV chapters. show. Who do we? No, we have sample chapters and T and Winds of Winter. Oh, okay. Yeah, I meant for no. King Killer. No, I would like shit my pants if, if a sample chapter was released. Oh my god, please, yes. Wait, have you heard the alternate version of? Remember the scene with the four plate door? This has nothing to do with Dunna, but there was like an alternate um, scene that was written in an earlier version. Where Sim, Quoth, and uh, when they're on their way to puppets chambers, then mm. the three of them stop at the four point door and they all have a conversation about it. And like 
Foth talks about legends and stories and how all the students wonder about the four-point door. It's really interesting. It's on the podcast hmm. Caster Quest. I don't remember which episode, but they they like read the whole sample at the end of their episode. Wow. Super cool. I would love that. Yeah. Maybe I'll that go was look one for of it. The, one of the OG Caster, Caster Quest. They're one of the OG King Killer read-throughs, I think. Yeah, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. But... Okay. Yeah, so I think just wrapping up, like, Denna mirror, like, like, like you said, Denna mirrors both a lot. They're both pretty toxic, but I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of it is choices he makes and his inability to see her as a complex human being and his inability to be vulnerable. Yeah, the vulnerabi- vulnerability is a big part of that. The reason why they don't get anywhere and they might not get anywhere. He just kind of reverts to this like scared little boy. He's so confident all the other times. I don't know. Yep. And I think sadly their story is going to end in tragedy. I don't know if Denna is going to die necessarily, but I do think something really sad and probably really bad is going to happen because we've been told all along, this is not a happy story. Yep. And it's it already is heartbreaking, and like the bad stuff hasn't even happened yet. Like he just says at the end of Wise Man Two, he's like, "We better wrap it up there because it gets real dark real fast." Yeah. So it's like, gonna first, hurt. Yep, the first book is just gonna start off, or the next book, and then this is all a prologue series. So he's gonna. I'm so confused. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Rothfuss is young though. Yes, there's hope. He's got time. Well, thank you for potting with me. I appreciate you. Yes, thank you for inviting me. And anyone who listens to this, if you guys have thoughts on Denna, I would love to hear them. And like, obviously, just tweet RJ and then she can tag me or I, I follow her feed pretty closely. So it's good. It's because I only post exceptional shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not never needing to be muted. No, I actually don't. I don't use the mute feature. I don't know why people do that. But um, yeah, if you guys, I'm Dallas. Was my Twitter is like D A L Y C E L A Z A R I S. I just post random King Killer Chronicle, A Song of Ice and Fire, personal crap on there. So if you want to follow me, cool. If not, that's okay. <laughs> and yeah. And you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at ETRSOP. You can email me, ETRSOP at gmail.com. Dallas, thank you again. To all you lovely listeners out there, may all your stories be glad ones and your roads be smooth and short. Bye. Bye.